Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. All right, so our Old Scripture reading, uh, Old Testament Scripture reading is from 2 Samuel, and it is in uh, chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. So 2 Samuel, chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. David, son of Jesse, was the man whom God made grave, whom the God of Jacob chose to be king, and who was the composer of beautiful songs for Israel. These are David's last words. The Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His message is on my lips. The God of Israel has spoken. The protector of Israel said to me, The king who rules with justice who rolls in obedience to God, is like the sun shining on a cloudless dawn, the sun that makes the grass sparkle after rain. And that is how God will bless my descendants, because he has made an eternal covenant with me, an agreement that will not be broken, a promise that will not be changed. That is all I desire. That will be my victory and God will surely bring it about. But godless men are like thorns that are thrown away. No one can touch them barehanded. You must use an iron tool or a spear. They will be burned completely. Now our New Testament reading is from the Gospel of John, and we are in chapter 18, and we are reading verses 33 through 37. John chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. Pilate went back into the palace and called Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked them. Jesus answered, Does this question come from you or have others told you about me? Pilate replied, Do you think I'm a Jew? It was your own people and the chief priests who handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus said, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom belonged to this world, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish authorities. No, my kingdom does not belong here. So Pilate asked him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. I was born and came into the world for this one purpose, to speak about the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be God. In this scripture piece, we are led through the process of Jesus as king but not a king of this world, not a warrior king like the people wanted him to be. You know, many walked away from Jesus when he told them that he was the bread of life. And now once again, he is being asked in his conversation with Pilate about his, kings, his kingship. And many Israelites of the time wanted Jesus to be a warrior king. They wanted him to be a king of this world. And 
in our challenges, we want our Jesus to be a Jesus of this world too, right? Like, please, Jesus, like, I want this lottery ticket to be the winning ticket, right? You know? <laughs> right? Can't, you know, I, the, these are the plans I've made for my life, right? Instead of what are the plans you have for my life? You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's just humanness. That's just how we, we think human-like without even realizing we think human-like because we're trained to think human-like. We're not trained from the knee to think God first. We're trained from the knee because most of our time is spent with the world yelling in our ear to think like the world. But Jesus reveals to us through this conversation that his kingdom is not of the world. And we talk that we live in the world, but we're not to be of the world. And it's important because we're to try to shift our loyalty and our expectations from those expectations of Jesus being a worldly king to remembering that our Jesus is not a Jesus of this world. And that we are ambassadors of a king and a kingdom that is not of this world. That we are colonists of a kingdom that is not of this world. And that's sometimes a hard thing to wrap our heads around. That we are ambassadors of a kingdom that is not of this world, but we live in this world. We are passing through this world to our life eternal, to where we really belong, to who we really belong to, to where our family really is. And that's sometimes hard to wrap our minds around and hard to keep in the forefront when the world tells us so much of a different message. Because especially in 2021, the world is always in front of us. It's on our TV, it's on our phone, it's on our iPad, it's everywhere in front of us all the time. You can't get away from it. We're seeing how other people live, what other people have, how bad people are getting ahead in the world. And we think, geez, oh man. But if we unplug from the world a little bit, if we try to keep the world out a little bit, and realize that our walk as Christians is not about all of that. Our walk as Christians is about helping and loving and stopping the hurt. And especially when we look at what our founding father did. You know, John Wesley was an Anglican minister. And when the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, you need to take the word to the people, and he stood outside of coal mines taking God's word to coal miners who were going down in the ground, didn't know if they were coming back, the Anglican church didn't like that. When he took the word to the people, instead of making the people come here to get the word, the Anglican church didn't like that because those people going down in those holes in the ground weren't putting money in the ditch. They didn't like that. They suspended John Wesley from coming to the pulpit. But he did it 
stepped out. And do you think John Wesley's father, who also was a minister, liked seeing his son going out there talking to those dirty people? How dare you take God's word to the God's people? But he did. Because the Holy Spirit said, do it. And he did it. Against what the church told him to do, which is don't take the word to the people. The people need to come here and get the word. And that was a hard thing to do. But he realized that we are not of this world. We live in this world. And we are to do what Jesus tells us to do, not what the world tells us to do. And he did it. And when I look out at your faces, I see the Holy Spirit moving in this church and in your faces. And I see faithful followers who try to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. When you see someone hurting, you try to come alongside your brothers and sisters and help where you can help and do what you can do when the Holy Spirit's moving you. And that's a beautiful thing, my brothers and sisters, to see in this world. People sharing the love of Christ for no other reason other than Christ said, share my love. Those who love Christ listen to Christ because he spoke the truth. And a couple weeks ago, what truth did he speak to us? The two greatest commandments, to love God and to love your neighbor. That's the rock that we stand on. When all of this chaos is is flurrying about us and we don't know what's true, who's telling the truth, you know, fact checkers and this and that and the other thing. We have a rock solid position to fall back on, which is love God and love your neighbor. You know, when my daughter a couple years ago went out to Tucson, Arizona to work in two different missions that were helping uh, the immigrants that were coming across the border right they're vetted they're allowed to be here but border patrol packs them in the greyhound buses and drops them at the greyhound bus station and just says there you go you're allowed to be here be here <laughs> and the employees at the greyhound bus station are like what are we doing with 300 people a day in our bus station that don't speak english yeah you're allowed to be here but like we don't know what to do with you. You don't know even where New York is or Missouri is or Michigan is or California is. You don't know where that family member that you're supposed to meet is. And the Greyhound bus station owner reaches out to the church and the Methodist church and the Catholic church are there and set up two huge places, one's called the Inn and one's called the Mission, where they cross that, they give these people because they are just people who are in need, who are hurting, who need help. They're not worried about governments. They're not worried about boundaries. They're worried about a human being who needs a place and needs help, right? And my daughter said, oh my gosh, mom, there were babies and infants and teenagers and women and men and just people. 
well, what did you do? She said, we gave them a bed. They could pick out clothing. They could have two nights of sleep. If they needed health care, we gave them health care. We entertained their children. They got to pick out two pieces of clothing a piece. You know, we fed them, clothed them, bathed them, gave them health care, gave them clothing. And then we took them to the bus station and showed them how to, you know, we connected them with their people that they were to meet. Up to 300 people a day. Because that's what Christ tells us. Feed the poor, clothe the clothless, right? And if you're struggling with that, you need to log on to our website, umc.org, and look at our global ministry board and read what we are all about as Methodists and how we stand for peace and how we stand for standing up for injustice and how we stand against war and how we stand against nuclear arms and what we stand against and what we stand for and how we stand for it in peace and love. And why? Because Christ told us to. Because Christ came and said the truth and said those who believe in him, listen to him. And somehow in this world of chaos, we have to sometimes fall back to that position of rock solid truth. Which I know you might get tired of hearing it and it sounds so easy, but it is love. We belong to a God that is terrifyingly powerful, but is a God of love and mercy. Not a God of three strikes and you're out, but a God who put his son on the cross. And I've said it before from this pulpit, I wouldn't put my daughter on the cross. And I don't know how many of you would have put your son or daughter on the cross for humanity. As much as I love my fellow beings, I don't think I would take Jamie and put her on that cross. Right? Would you take your spouse and put your spouse on that cross? God, yes, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, let me tell you, I'll tell you a story about when I came home from Pittsburgh this morning. God, though, put his son on that cross. That is that unimaginable love that we, because we're humans, can't understand but we can think on it, we can meditate on it, we can pray on it, and we can just try to emulate it. You know, we can just try to emulate it. In the time that we are sojourning through this life, in the time that we have, because once we pass away and we are covered by his blood, we know we know the ending to our life. We know the last day on this earth is our best day on this earth. 
We know that we will be ushered into the presence of our Father. We know that. That's why we can have the joy that we have. But once our life is over, our time for shining His love is over. And we have so little time to do that, to show Him how much we appreciate His sacrifice. And that's what it's about, just showing Him our appreciation for His sacrifice. And it's not about guilt, it's about appreciation. So when he says that he's not a king of this world, it was a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Pilate, not a conversation with a big group of 5,000 people about the bread of life. A one-on-one -on -one conversation with Pilate where he once again says, my kingdom's not of this world. So if we didn't get it before, because he said so many of his lessons in different ways, but they're all the same. They're about love. The widow who put her two coins in, she put them in out of love and trust. The widow who fed Elijah that, that bread, that little cake out of the last of her flour and oil, because he said, feed me first, because the Lord says, you won't, your bread and oil won't go dry. You give me a cake first and you'll be okay. She did that out of love and trust. Jesus tells us all these stories again and again in different ways, in different ways, in different ways, so we'll finally get it. It's about love and trust because he came here to seek and to save. There is judgment day for sure, but on judgment day, we stand with him at our side covered by his blood. That's why we can be joyful and just share his message of truth. 